Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast. I hope you are feeling amazing today. And if you are new, welcome in. Don't forget to hit subscribe and follow so that you never miss a conversation. In most of these sessions, I am talking about things that are coming up in my life and in the people that I work with's lives. We explore those topics, and my goal is to leave you with specific tips, tricks, and practices, and of course, explain how and why these really rewire our brain in the process. And today, we are talking all about productivity, not just referring to work and how you usually hear productivity discussed, but I mean everything, an entire holistic balance in your life, really creating a lifestyle that gives you enough time to spend on yourself and your work and your passions and your hobbies, your spirituality, your health, your wellness, all of it. And for me lately, I've really been feeling the need to do some restructuring in my day-to-day. I'm someone who's very sensitive to their little circadian rhythm. So basically that means with the change in the sun, change of the length of the day, usually kind of seasonally, I'll change up my routine just about that quarter in that new season. Also, not only does it keep me feeling good and my energy right, I think it just helps me from letting things get too boring, you know, letting life get too stagnant. I really like that change and I like newness. And also important to note here, I've talked about this before, but it's also a good idea just in life and in personal development to take regular quote unquote inventory over your life, you know, check in with the things that are working, what you want more of, figure out how to add more of it and look at some of the roadblocks or some of the things you don't like. Let's figure out how to swap those out, get rid of them, right? That's what I mean by taking inventory. But for me, I find that this just really works out to do kind of in that seasonal change. So that's right about now. For me, I see about kind of January to March, April, that's that really fresh starter mode of the year. Really, we're all typically being intentional about setting our intentions, really looking forward to the new year, kind of that time to set you in your direction, right? And then about April-ish to July, for me, that always feels like go time. Maybe it could just be locationally. It's super hot in Texas. It's summertime, right? This is typically when we're traveling a lot. So I'm feeling really inspired, really creative. There's deadlines involved. My vitamin D tank is full. And for me, it just makes me feel like in that time frame, I'm usually really steadforth in my pursuits and my wants and my dreams, right? That's really go time. Then For the next few months, kind of I would say about July to September, this for me is typically coasting time. This is a time where I settle into all the work I've put in. I really let my efforts play out. I move into very much of a receiving mindset. 
And then at the end of the year, I typically characterize that around more love and family and slow down and appreciation, all of that. But now that was a bit of a tangent, but it fits in with what I wanted to talk about today. And in this conversation about productivity, I do have a bit more of an entrepreneur in mind, maybe someone who works from home or maybe someone who juggles a lot of things in the day, but this conversation totally applies to anyone, everyone, anyone at all. Really, anyone who is looking to get a bit of a better hold on their time management, get some practices to help you out if maybe you're having some time blindness or anything like that, just really wanting to be a bit more powerful and masterful over their own time. As the title of this podcast, we do our lifestyles on purpose around here. So this definitely comes into play a thousand percent. And like I said, this is for everyone. I've seen a big trend lately of people sharing their five to nine routine after work or the super early risers showing their five to nine before work. So this is, like I said, something that just works for those who are trying to establish some kind of routine within a chunk of their day or their whole day. And I want to share some of the things that have worked for me and that I know actually work with your brain, work with neuroplasticity, work with rewiring how your brain sees these times. And it's all tips and tricks and practices that, like I said, I've done personally and I've helped my clients, people that I work with, implement these into their own lives as well. So I've seen them work also. And I'll admit, I definitely had a bit of a struggle period when I personally started working from home 100% of the time. When I started seeing all of my coaching clients through Zoom or something like that, and when I started seeing all of my patients through telemedicine and not in person, when my public speaking moved to cameras and Zooms instead of me going into their office, I definitely noticed that gaining so much control over my schedule almost made me feel a bit like I had lost control at times. It felt almost like decision fatigue, that there was this entire list of really important and really appropriate tasks that I could do the day, but then I start looking at them all and it kind of felt like my brain would short circuit sometimes and I had the hardest time deciding which one of these things that I needed to do. It was like my executive function just didn't know how to handle all the things. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to that, especially add in if you are a perfectionist or someone with ADHD or people who are working through coming back out of burnout, any of these things, this can really, really affect you. So I don't want to make this episode too long today, even though I have gone through a few backstories and tangents already. But like I said, I want to walk through some of the top things that work for me, that help me keep control of my life and my schedule and design it in a purposeful way that really keeps me feeling powerful and more open to curveballs as they come up, a little bit more flexible. And the first thing I've got to say is something that absolutely holds true. You've heard it before, but let me explain it in a way that you probably haven't heard before is the saying ever so true of, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. 
Now, this doesn't mean you have to have all the aspects of your day planned out and scheduled out, but having some level of plan that supports you really helps take away some of that mental load that we tend to carry throughout the day. And it really helps make these decisions that we have to make on a regular basis just a whole lot easier. And if you don't know exactly what I mean by mental load, I just did a quick search for an exact definition so that we're all on the same page. But the mental load is described as the cognitive effort involved in managing your work, relationships, family, household, etc. It's the laundry list of details that you manage throughout the day. It has to do with your responsibilities, formal or not, as well as the decisions that you make. So getting all of these things on paper, getting some kind of plan really allows you to basically untangle that web in your head and be able instead to use that energy that otherwise would have been used on the mental load to use it for something better. Maybe something goal-oriented, maybe something fun, because now you have more free time and more energy. And we love adding fun and play and freaking whimsy into our day at any chance we get around here. Like I said earlier, productivity does not have to do with just your work. It's about spending your time in a way that's best suited to your needs and doing it on purpose. And one mental reframe that I just love so much, and I was reminded of it recently, is to treat your tasks and your chores as a favor to future you. That changes your so-called need-to-dos into get-to-dos, which is something that I personally find so important and so helpful. So for instance, this is just an easy one that we can all relate to. If you are running through your evening routine and you finished making dinner and you just really are not, you don't want to put the dishes away. That just sounds awful right now. Instead of trying to convince yourself that you have to do the dishes by placing some arbitrary value on you as a person based on dish cleanliness, like saying something in your head like, oh, you know, I don't want to be a crappy person who leaves dishes in the sink or if I don't do this, then I'll be gross, right? No, even if you believe that to be true, I mean, that's a different conversation that we need to have around attaching value to things that inherently have no value, but instead reframing this to look at it as just doing a little nice thing, a little treat, a little gift for future you. This feels good. This gives us serotonin. And when we complete our task, we also get a little bit of dopamine especially if we have gratitude for ourselves for doing that task. Think about it. It's like a triple, quadruple whammy on the silliest little things. We'll use doing the dishes, right? So when you do the dishes for yourself, you're feeling good because you are mindfully thinking of your own happiness. That feels good to your brain. Then you feel good again when you actually complete that thing. You get another bonus because you're training your brain that you get that little hit of dopamine, that you get those good feelings when you do the things for you. So that trains your brain to continue on to want to do them. Your brain loves dopamine. It feels really good. So every time you do something that gives it that little hit of dopamine, it wants to do that again. That's basically what training yourself into a habit is. 
And then again, lastly, in the morning, when you don't have to do the dishes and you don't have to wake up to a nasty sink, you're reminded again, like, ooh, nice. I'm so glad I did that little thing for me last night. Like, go me. That's another little dopamine hit. So you're more likely to do it again. So that's four things, four different little bonuses that you get just from the simple little tedious task. And when you recognize and you know that, it keeps the chores and the tasks that you don't like just feeling a little better, that you are just caring for you, caring for future you, just being a little lovey. And you can do that with anything, just thinking of it as a cheeky, cute little favor to future you. It's definitely a great practice and just makes life feel better, especially for me. And I'd also say that when it comes to those types of things, sometimes especially the things that we don't like to do, we have no idea how long that task actually takes. As humans, we typically have a tendency to think the things that we do like take less time than they actually do. That's why sometimes we can just get caught up and you're like, oh my gosh, time escaped me. I just wasn't even thinking, right? We typically underestimate the amount of time it takes for the things that we like to do but then the opposite is also true. We typically assume that the things that we don't like to do take a lot longer than they do. So this one might sound silly, but try timing yourself doing the dishes or something like that. For me, it takes under 10 minutes. Changing the laundry, if that's something that you really dread, time yourself right? If you've got to check your emails and you're like, oh, this is going to take all day, just go for a set time or time yourself on the things that you want. And side note to this, I think anytime you're making a to-do list, you know, something you're going to check through the day, it's a really good idea to add your estimate of how long you think it'll take you. And I would always round up if you aren't sure, because then when you finish ahead of time, yay, we get another good hit of that motivator, feel good chemical to the brain because we've got some extra time, extra time to do things that we enjoy doing. Another really important mental hack for planning your day or again, that time frame that you want to tackle before, after work, whatever your afternoon, if you're trying to tackle a time frame and trying to fit as much as you can in the day, just pick your top three. Pick your top three things that you want to get done for that time, that work day, that block of the day, whatever, and top three, no more. Depending on how your brain works and how your day works, you can really decide how you like to order these. If you are really in a go-with-the-flow state and want to choose based on your energy levels, then just Write all three down and just make sure you commit to doing them all. Don't tie yourself out in one. You've got to be mindful about committing your energy pretty equally. You could also order them in the amount of stress that they bring you. I really like this one. Basically, you're asking yourself which one will make you feel better when it's knocked off the to-do list, when it's done. And finally, this way is not my favorite way in terms of pleasure. I think I do prefer these other two, but this is the one that works best for me is getting the quickest, simplest ones done. Now, normally I try or 
I guess more naturally, I am more inclined to try to get rid of the thing that is bringing me the most stress, the thing I want done the most. But typically for me, that's something that takes the longest. So my brain just for some reason will usually attach most importance to that. But the problem with that is if it does take a little bit longer, if I do fully tire myself out, then those smaller tasks keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed down the to-do list. So taking some, you know, responsibility there, really taking a look at how you respond to these things. Like I said, I prefer another way, but I just know it doesn't work as well for me. So again, however that works for you, whatever your day looks like, your energy like looks like, but Pick those top three and the best way to knock them off for you. But speaking of those big tasks that do take a lot of time, when I feel stuck or I have that perfectionist's paralysis by analysis, right, or whatever the case may be, my favorite tool is to use the Pomodoro technique. It's really, really cool. Basically, uh, you use it with a timer. I have mine. It's just around the clock, just Pomodoro thing that I can turn on. You could also simply use a timer on your phone. But what that looks like is it's 25 minutes on, 25 minutes, pure dedication to whatever you want to do, whatever you want to accomplish. But after 25 minutes, your timer goes off and you have a five minute break. You have to take that five minute break supposed to be something like stepping outside, definitely not getting on your phone, but then coming back and committing to another solid 25 minutes. Same thing. But then after this break, you're going to go ahead and do 15 minutes, right? So when you repeat this, the idea is that you're supposed to get more done in a four-hour period than most would get done in eight. And the reason has to do with our mental focus, how long our human brain can truly hold focused before your brain activity starts to suffer. That break in there really rejuvenates us. And Honestly, for getting started, I used to really follow this technique, but now I typically just will start it. Um, I don't even really go through the cycles anymore, but just having that quote unquote plan of what I want to do for 25 minutes and then what I think will take the next 25 minutes, typically enough to get my creative juices going. I'll get some momentum built up. And as we know, Action begets momentum, and that momentum is how we end up in a lovely flow state. But regardless, you have to get started somewhere. And really, this is my favorite way to do it when I'm feeling stuck or have that bit of writer's block, right? And you can totally play around with this. Some people only do 10 or 15 minutes. And for me personally, my thoughts, I just think that's not enough time to really put a get good dent in it so it doesn't motivate me as much. That's why I'll stick to that 20 to 25 minutes. Um, you can go up above from there, but again, you want this a really easy chunk of time that you can commit to to get that going. And this is really great, especially if you're someone who time blocks their day. So for instance, it may be a time block for you to do the admin tasks and check your email, do all of your correspondence, or maybe it's a creative time block in the day where you need to write or script or create content. Maybe it's a household chore time block with cleaning and laundry or organizing. Anything like that, that could be really nice and a really helpful structure or practice to add in there. 
And finally, really, really important, if you've been around for the entirety of this podcast life, you know I will bring this up quite a bit, but it's so important to have a morning routine. And one thing that I don't always touch on, but I really want to talk about in this sense, is not only is it so good for your mental health for all the reasons that I usually go over, but you really don't want to let the first few minutes of your day be hectic and chaotic and awful. How are you supposed to have a good day if you freak your nervous system out first thing in the morning? I'll tell you, it's going to be really dang hard. So whatever this is for you, if this is adjusting your time, getting ready the night before, having systems in place, and I'll, I'll get into that a bit more in just a second, but creating some peace and a good morning if you want to have a good day. But with that being said, this does go the other way. So maybe for someone who works at home, you know, these different things, entrepreneur, if you sleep in and have a super soft, relaxed vacation mode morning, I will say for me at least, and for a lot of people I talk to about this, it is really hard to get into the groove of a productive day. Like I said, for a lot of people, myself included. So having some kind of morning routine that you enjoy, again, it's very, very important that you're doing the things that bring value to you. That's very important. Even if it's just one minute to get present, you are stepping outside to drink your coffee, maybe having something to look forward to, and then getting up and doing it. Doing something that centers you really sets that intention for the day. Like I said, taking a minute to sit and drink your coffee, drink your tea before everyone gets up. If it's hopping on your yoga mat and just stretching out and loving your body, if it's journaling or it's visualizing, setting your intentions for the day, whatever it is, you have to enjoy your morning just a little bit at least. And you need to have a routine that can check things off the checklist and really tap into that reward system of the brain that we're always talking about. And the best way to do this, my loves, is to start the night before. Start the night before. Whatever you need to do to make your morning and your day better and easier. If that is, like I said, going to sleep a little bit earlier so that you can get up earlier. If that's doing your morning movement, you know I need my morning walk or my morning Pilates or something for me to have my best day, to show up as my best self. If you've got kids and you need to get all their stuff ready and out, or if you've just got to pick an outfit so that you know you'll feel your best because you feel like you look good, you feel like you look like the strong version of you, whatever that is. If you need to go through and get the day scheduled, you know, picking your top three and or just reminding yourself of what they are, whatever that means for you, really taking a hearty look at what would make tomorrow you happier, what would make tomorrow easier for you. Do that favor for future you and be kind to yourself by providing that morning that doesn't freak you out because you're in a frantic rush, but also one that gives you a really good start to your day that gets your brain going in the way that you want to. Now, all of these things have helped me. They've helped the people that I work with, and hopefully they will help you if you try them out. Do let me know if they work for you and any questions that you may have about it. I know this wasn't a direct list or anything today. We just chatted about it all, but 
Let me give you a quick summary of just all the things that if there's anything on the list that's specific that you want to look into more or talk to me about or, you know, just add them into your own plan. Here are the bullet points of the topics that we covered today in order to take control of your time, to live your life and live your days purposefully. First is if you fail to plan, you better plan to fail. Having a vision of your day and setting intention is key to do what you want and to create the day that you want. Taking notice of what weighs heavy on your mental load and creating systems to get it done or get it done in an easier way, getting things out of the way for you. It's doing the things that you don't necessarily want to do as a little flavor, flavor as a favor to future you, to your future self. Not only does this feel really, really good in the moment, but it's also a brain hack for better executive function. It's timing your activities and things that can really help you plan better if that is time blocking, but figuring out how long these activities take you. Make sure that you know how long it takes you to do the different things so you can more easily plug them into your day and get them done. This includes picking the top three things that you want to prioritize and prioritizing them in the way that helps you the most. Reminder, my great love, the Pomodoro technique, great for getting started on the hard or the really big projects. And finally, starting your day right. Give yourself an easy and joyful and beneficial morning to let this carry into your next day. And we do this by starting the night before, constantly living in a way that is setting ourselves up for success. Take on the weeks this week, my love. You are going to do great. I love you. I am here for you. And I can't wait to hear what you accomplish. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. <laughs>